You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. This spring. Only one hero. can save her family and prevent disaster. Mom, we're going to be late for school. I don't think so. Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring. Mom, I can't find number 17. Come on, Billy. Dig deep. A lot of fun. Your genius. Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Mudroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop. How does she do that? Created by God to demonstrate his love with grace, elegance, and poise. Butane torch? I want to talk about valuing and encouraging Christian mothers. Mothering, talking about Mother's Day, is actually kind of a difficult topic to tackle because when we look at mothers and their role, the video that we just watched that we showed to the kids before they went to the kids' church is the way we want to portray it, right? Moms have it all together. They can do anything, anything, because uh, they've got, you know, all the knowledge and all the energy and all the kids behave and listen and their house is like perfectly clean and they can actually find stuff and tell their kids where it is. And, but in reality, sometimes it seems like mothers, especially mothers of like multiple children, it's like their house is a war zone and it's constant chaos between all the kids and there seems to be like if you've got like three or four or five kids, there's always one, you know, that's causing some kind of issue or difficulty or, or whatever. And so it can be difficult, yet mothers want to portray that they've got it all together. It's interesting, uh, Janelle William Paris, when Mother's Day is hard, she writes, A quick look at our culture shows that idealized images of motherhood are inaccurate, and Scripture reveals the same. In the Bible, Ruth was left childless and widowed at a young age. Rachel, Hannah, and Sarah were infertile. Eve and Mary lost sons under terrible circumstances. Two mothers of two kings, both named Ahaziah, encouraged their sons to be wicked and unjust. The prodigal son acted with terrible disrespect toward each of his parents. Scripture tells stories like those in our churches. Women in diverse life circumstances, sometimes thriving, sometimes coping, and sometimes going under. The fairy tale of marriage and motherhood is just that, a fairy tale. Our culture is one of motherhood deferred due to later childbearing, motherhood disrupted by divorce, motherhood lost by infant child death and miscarriage, and motherhood unachieved due to infertility and undesired singleness. Of course, our culture also includes wonderful families with strong marriages and happy children. The point is, there is not a one-size-fits-all journey of womanhood 
and we hurt women in our churches by venerating one path over all others. So she says, let's be gentle with each other this Mother's Day. Let's celebrate with the women who have happy families. Let's remember the women, men, girls, and boys who are hurt by their mothers. Let's remember the mothers who have lost their children. Let's remember the women who long to be wives and mothers but aren't. Let's come together and worship Jesus alone, not idealized images of our mothers or ourselves. So there are people that want to be mothers, obviously, that can't. Uh, they would love to adopt, and adopting is a great thing. And the church has actually had an opportunity to help orchestrate a few adoptions, and it's been pretty awesome to see that work out and to see adopted kids go to loving families. Uh, a Pew Research survey asked 770 parents why they decided to have kids. Of those surveyed, 76% said it was because of the joy of children. 50% said it was to appease their spouse or partner's wishes. 47% said it was because they had adequate financial resources. 35% said it just happened. I just happened. 15% said it was because they wanted someone to care for me when I'm old. That might work out. Good luck. Uh, 4% said it was because of pressure from their family. So I don't know why. Uh, if you have children, why you had children. I know the children we had, that two of them were uh, planned and wanted, and then one of them was highly desired and wanted and adopted. And uh, But for me and my parents, I was a shock and a surprise, and I'm glad they decided to keep me in this society, or in New York anyway, they probably wouldn't have let me live, and I wouldn't be here today, which is a weird thought that I had. I mean, I know that God is all-knowing and in control and uh, predestination and everything, but what if a lot of the things that we need we'd have if we hadn't aborted the kid who was going to have the skill to bring it to us or to make it happen. I mean, what if you don't like your political leaders right now? Because the ones that God had said, you know, this is going to be a great leader, someone decided it was an inconvenient time and aborted that child. And if you've aborted a child, there's forgiveness in that. Um, you, can, you can move on. But we highly, we highly want to see all children live. And we love to see adoption. And we see, love to see uh, mothers helped. But valuing moms, number one, valuing moms, we need to value moms. Uh, they need to be honored on this day, but moms are so valuable. I don't know what your experience was with your mom. I don't know if your mom uh, was like the perfect uh, TV mom that had it all together. Actually, the TV moms of the 50s had it together, and the TV moms today, not, not so much. The TV dads today, they're, they're all numbskulls. They don't know anything, it appears. But back in the 50s and sometimes the 60s, those TV shows, those parents had it all together. Maybe that was your mom. Maybe she had wisdom and poise and everything about her was organized. Uh, for me, uh, like I mentioned, I was, I was born into the world, a surprise, but uh, around three or so, my, my parents got divorced and my dad actually got custody of me, which was unheard of. And then uh, my grandma, my dad's mom, stepped in. Uh, to, she was kind of fulfilling the mom role, basically, until she died of breast cancer when I was around six. And then stepmom number one stepped in for a little while, and then she was gone. And I don't really remember her that much, but she must have remembered me because when Facebook started to become popular, she sent me this long message about, with an apology for the way she treated me as a mom, and she wasn't ready to be a mom, and all this other stuff. And uh, I'm like, wow, she must have been carrying that for a long time. I mean, I was a troubled child and had issues and stuff, but it was an apology for her uh, to me, which was 
nice and kind of crazy. But uh, so and then uh, stepmom number two stepped in and she was, I mean, she was the coolest stepmom ever, really. I mean, she liked to race cars at the fairgrounds. She was in rock bands and my friend said she was beautiful, um, but she wasn't really ready to be a mom and she admitted that. She wasn't totally prepared for all the things I think that I threw at her as a, as a smart, troubled kid, I guess. So I went to a boys' ranch for three years where the house mother, Pauline, was totally a mother figure. So there were between eight and 18 boys there during the time. And when I look back of, you know, a model for a good mother, she was it. And she went on later to lead Boys Town in Tallahassee, Florida, and work for the government in Florida, uh, and her husband too, for um, helping kids with their parents. But when I look at her, I see her, I'll probably send her a note today that uh, thanks her for being a mom to, you know, so many boys. But um, and then I went back home, and, and it was back to stepmom number two, and she did her best. Uh, her mom and her parents uh, were um, really committed Christians and helped pay for me to go to uh, camp and even Bible college for a bit. And so her mom, my step-grandma, said she did, she's always praying for me. And um, so, so I have all these people in these roles. And then my stepmother, too, is still out there. Um, my biological mom, don't really know where she's at. But um, so I have this whole list of people I could stack up and be thankful to to make because they made me the person that I am. But out of the list, the things that were really interesting is that some of these people modeled exactly what I was looking for to be the mother to my children to become my wife. So I had this mental list of everything that I wanted and my wife really filled that list. And it was because of the experiences and, you know, not every experience I had as a kid was perfect, especially uh, because you don't get to go to a boys' ranch unless you have a few issues or a lot of issues. But uh, anyway, so I've got all those people to thank as mothers. And the reason I share that with you is because you can step in and help in the role of raising a kid. Maybe, you're, maybe you don't have kids anymore. Maybe you never had kids. But you can step in and you can encourage moms. You can encourage kids. You can spend time with kids. You can help disciple kids. You can serve in children's ministry. You can come alongside neighbor kids in a helpful, with the parents' permission way, not in a weird way, but uh, to uh, reach in to the lives of kids around you because it matters and it makes a difference. And as you invest in those kids, my, my dad and stepmom, they were, well, they were in band, so they would always be playing on Friday and Saturday night. So they were sleeping when it was time for me to go to church. So uh, my step-grandparents helped to arrange a ride for me to go to church. And so I would go to church all the time by myself. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a pastor now. I wouldn't expect that. Usually my pastor friends are like, yeah, my dad was a pastor. It's like, well, my dad was in bands for 23 years. But uh, God can get a hold of a heart. And we look at moms and we think, you know, hopefully you're thankful. I mean, I could, for every one of these people I just mentioned, I could name reasons I'm thankful biological mother. Thank you for having me and bringing me into the world. That was awesome. Uh, you could call. It'd be, it'd be great to hear from you. But uh, And then the other ones that stepped up to the plate to try to be a parent to me. Good luck. But um, they did, I think they did the best they could with the skills and tools they had. And as a parent, I learned that I needed more skills and tools. So I would read parenting books and I would watch parenting videos. And we've got that right now media stuff with all those videos that you can watch. And what's cool about it is there are so many videos. You can find some that are age-appropriate videos, you know, like parenting your toddler, parenting your teenager. 
Uh, Jim Burns is a new book out about parenting your adult children. There's also a few videos on Right Now Media about parenting your adult children. That's the phase that we're in right now, parenting adult children and grandchildren. But you can learn. So a reason to thank your mom. Remember all those difficult, undecided moments of life and you needed someone who could make you see reason and pour some worldly wise advice in your ears? It was surely your mother who lent you patient ears and then pulled you out of the mess in your life. Treat her for being there for all treat her for being there for you all the time and guiding you in the right direction. And as a mom, I see my wife as the one that is the patient listener. So uh, much more patient at listening than me. She's in the nursery right now, but uh, she's an awesome mom. So Howard Johnson, uh, this old Mother's Day quote, meaning of mother, M is for the million things she gave me, O means only that she's growing old, T is for the tears she said to shed to save me, H is for her heart of purest gold, E is for her eyes with love light shining, R means right, and she'll always be put them together and they spell mother, a word that means the world to me. Abraham Lincoln said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all of my life. Denzel Washington said, my mother never gave up on me. I messed up in school so much they were sending me home, but my mother sent me right back. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Baptist preachers, said, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the solemn word of my good mother. So mothers matter. E.W. Caswell said, the mother, more than any other, affects the moral and spiritual part of the children's character. She is their constant companion and teacher in formative years. The child is ever imitating and assimilating the mother's nature. It is only in afterlife that men gaze backward and behold how a mother's hand and heart of love molded their young lives and shaped their destiny. And that is so true. There's an article in USA Today that talks about how mothers are struggling and how mothers aren't able to do all this because they're pulled in every direction. So in the past, when mothers were able to stay at home and take care of the kids, uh, they were able to do a lot of this stuff, and they still can, but there's just so much more pressure. There's pressure for them to have that baby and then get back to work. Uh, they're not, the article claims, they're not getting very much time uh, from the time the baby is born, that many of them return to work two weeks after having their baby. So their baby's dropped off into child care, which is extremely expensive. And then uh, just the whole, the whole battle of career and child raising and the marriage and sharing responsibilities with the kids and everything is much more of a mess than it was in the past. So we really need to pray for and encourage mothers and do all that we can as a church to come alongside and support those mothers. So we're always short nursery workers. And sometimes people are like, well, I don't have any kids. Why do I want to be in the nursery? But sometimes when you're in the nursery, you're giving that mom a chance to get a break from the kids so that she can be in church. So we've got one, one opening in the nursery on Sundays uh, to fill the rotating schedule of once a month. But it's a great way to invest. So, so there's this idea that moms are, are superhuman. Uh, cartoon here of a Superman cape with the kids looking in the closet. See, I told you. Oh, so that's how she does it. Happy Mother's Day to super moms everywhere. Uh, however, a lot of super moms are doing all this amazing stuff and they don't feel super at all. They don't feel like they measure up. They don't feel like they're good enough. And maybe this video is more realistic. Today is Mother's Day. And we want to acknowledge all the women we're blessed to know. 
we rejoice over you for your strength your wisdom your strong love and your beautiful faith whether today is a celebration for you or a day of quiet reflection and healing we're thinking of all of you if you gave birth this year to your first child our joy overflows and we celebrate with you if you adopted a child this year or became a foster parent we rejoice with you and we want to honor you in your commitment to changing the lives of children if you continue to struggle with infertility we're hoping with you and holding your hand in prayer if you are exhausted and feeling underappreciated for all you do for a house full of kids we applaud you we love you and we appreciate you more than you can ever imagine and if you lost a child this year to death or miscarriage we weep and mourn with you and if your child is lost to addiction or to the world we hurt with you and we join you in putting our hope in the one who brings prodigals home if you live with painful memories of your mom we pray that you will find in a spiritual mother all that you never had from a birth mom and if you're one of those amazing spiritual moms we thank you for stepping up and being there when others couldn't if you're experiencing an empty nest for the first time this year we walk with you in this new season and are excited about the next chapter god has planned for you if you're single we celebrate your strength beauty and individuality and join with you in praying for the desires of your heart if you're a single mom and wonder if you have the physical energy and financial resources to raise and provide for your child or children we want to help you and we will and if you're pregnant for the first time we prayerfully anticipate with you the joyful birth of a healthy child and to all the special women on this mothers day rest and delight in knowing that we are thankful for you and we celebrate each and every one of you i like that concept of spiritual moms especially for people that don't have anybody fill in the mom role or moms who are willing to take outside help but the bible commands us to honor moms jesus had said haven't you read the scriptures he's talking the Pharisees about divorce but he says haven't you read the scriptures Jesus replied that record that from the beginning God made them male and female and he said this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one since they are no longer two but one let no one split apart what God has joined together that goes back to Genesis where the husband and wife the man and woman completed each other uh, they were a team Genesis 2:18 the Lord God said it's not good for the man to be alone I will make a helper who is just right for him, suitable for him. Adam was giving names to all the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. So he got to see all these animals. He's like, "Hey, they've got they're 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 paired together. There's a male, female. They've got mates. There's somebody for them. What about me?" And Adam saw his need. There was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God said to the man, or the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man at last the man exclaimed exclaimed this is 
bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh, she will be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united in two one. So there is a command that we're to honor our father and mother as the Lord God commanded us. Uh, Deuteronomy 5.16, then the Lord will give you a long, full life in the land your God is giving you. So God had a plan from the beginning of creation to bring a man and woman together so that they could be a team, so that they complete, can complete different roles. And our society is trying to throw out all these different roles, but I feel strongly. Usually in most relationships, the man has characters and qualities uh, that are masculine, and the woman has the feminine uh, characteristics, and together they bring together an awesome uh, team to help raise the family. Now, when that's broken, when that's messed up, and you get a single parent out there, it's really tough. They try to be both roles, and they try to do it all, and that's great when spiritual moms or spiritual dads can come alongside and to help those kids get some of those experiences, some of those skills. Maybe you grab a kid, someone else's kid, and bring them along on your family adventure. Or maybe you um, do what you can to encourage a kid, to pray for a kid, uh, to give them skills, take them fishing. Uh, different ministries are helpful with that too. Camping ministry, Big Sandy Camp is awesome for that. But we're supposed to honor our father and mother. It was repeated in Ephesians 6, one. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, but this is the right thing to do. So children are the ones that are young, that are living at home, that are under the children's, under the parents' authority, and they are to respect and honor their parents by obeying what they say, by following their leadership, by recognizing that God has instituted them as the authority, unless they're being told to do something that's against God's rules or against God's, God's will or, you know, illegal or whatever. But overall, children are supposed to obey their parents, and that makes a better family. Hopefully the parents are uh, telling their children to do things that are right and honorable and good. And I don't know many parents that aren't. So children should obey and follow their parents' lead in the household. And that is an awesome thing. And then eventually as those children grow up, grow older, then it um, applies to all of us that aren't under the authority of our parents, uh, not under the authority of uh, living in their household or um, having to do what they say. Uh, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you'll have a long life on earth. And we need to honor our parents. We need to communicate with our parents, share life with our parents. It's awesome to get our parents' advice and listen to their advice. Sometimes their advice is awesome. When we listen to it and it's like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. Other times it's like, thank you for sharing that with me. I don't really agree. I'm going to do this instead. Um, but I love you. Thanks for the chat. And so to listen to your parents. So um, I call stepmom number two mom because she's been around. So she's endured a lot. So we've had issues, probably my fault. But the greatest advice that she ever gave me, the greatest advice that totally changed my life and made me who I am today was the when I called her. I was working at a, at a camp in, in Wyoming. Uh, this girl came and bought the car. She's like, we sold the car. You should have seen the girl who bought the car. Boy, did you miss out. So I didn't tell anybody, but I was just praying for a wife. I didn't tell her that exactly, but I'm thinking, huh, weird. I pray for a wife. This girl comes and buys the car. So when I got back from working at the camp, I didn't have a car, and I didn't think she'd want to go on a date on my bicycle handlebars. So uh, I made enough money to get a car. It took about a month. 
held her up, said, you don't know me, but you bought my parents' car. Would you like to go out for dinner? A few months later, we were married, and we've been married since 1987. So uh, anyway, just a total answer to prayer. Great advice. I so much would like to choose uh, my future daughter-in-law uh, for my son, who's not married. But I guess I don't get to do that. But that would be really cool. Say, hey, I've arranged a contract here. But that's not what parents get to do. So we need to honor our parents. So what we need to do when we honor our parents is we need to we need to keep connecting with them. And you know, maybe you send them a card, or I'm terrible with cards and stuff like that. So I go to Giftly, and I they live in Montana. I look for like restaurants in Montana, and so I found a pizza place. Sent her a gift card to a pizza place and sent the thing out. And so it took me like a minute, but it's way better than me having to go to the store and pick something out because it's not going to happen. So anyway, I took care of the thing, set a care for you, sent the gift. It's all good. But we need to keep doing that for the rest of our lives to honor the investment our parents made in us, our mothers made in us. There's a lot of bad Mother's Day gifts you can get, but there's sometimes just making the connection and saying you care or even remembering what they did and how valuable they are is pretty awesome. So moms make a huge investment, and moms make an investment because kids need authority. And moms are often an authority in the home, dads are too, but kids need authority, they need structure, they need guidance, they need discipline, they need to know right from wrong, they need to be taught that you can't hit. You've got to teach a kid when they're little not to be abusive and hit, because if you don't get that taken care of before uh, they're older, that kid could be bigger than you and still hitting, and that's not good. But moms are able to often take care of that. And again, a lot of this worked really good when they were stay-at-home moms and they could take care of everything. But now um, that often kids are sent off to um, preschool or childcare or whatever, mom and dads need to come together as a team and do all they can, or single parents need to do all they can to teach those children how to live right, teach them how to live godly lives, teach them how to live in a way that pleases God, teach them right from wrong. It is a lot of work, but it needs to be a priority. It is a huge investment, and it makes a huge, dis- makes a huge um, difference in their lives. So successful kids know who's the authority, and they know about discipline and self-discipline. Our discipline as parents shouldn't be out of anger, so we don't want our children to be afraid of us, but they should respect us and want to do what's right to please us and to please God. Kids need authority. Kids need attention. You know, kids, little kids, especially, they're always like, watch me, look at me, look at me. You know, with my grandson out at the park, he's like, look at me, watch me jump off the slide, watch me go up the slide. You know, it's kind of annoying. I'd rather be on my phone, truthfully. But uh, that's the wrong thing to do. So, got to take pictures of him and tell him how awesome it was and Ask him how come he couldn't, why he was afraid to go down the slide, but now he's walking up it backwards and he's not afraid of that. But anyway, kids need attention. If kids can't get your positive attention, they'll often do stuff to get negative attention. So if you've got a kid acting out, you might want to focus on giving them positive attention because they might be thinking, hey, maybe if I go over here and make this mess, mom will give me some attention. But kids need attention, loving attention. Um... We need to give kids attention. Kids need acceptance. Kids need to be accepted. Um, your kid might not be just like you. This is especially true for dads, but uh, moms too, I guess. You know, if your kid um, isn't great in sports, but you were, I mean, it's, just, it's your kid, you know? So you take what gifts God has given your kid and you figure out how to help them be successful in the things that uh, God has given them so that um, they can contribute to society and fulfill their purpose in life. So it might not be exactly 
like you, or they might not uh, measure up to what you think, or when you compare your kid to someone else, they might not be uh, what all your friends are posting on Facebook or, or whatever, you know. Uh, sometimes there's mom sh- shaming and mom depression because of stuff that's posted on Facebook. Oh, look at what my kid's doing. But um, kids need acceptance. They need love. Moms invest in that by giving acceptance and love. Kids need affection. Kids need affection. They need hugs. They need kisses. They need to be cared for. Um, it's so amazing to me that often a way a child is treated will be the same way that they treat their children or their spouse or the people that they care for. If they're loved and cared for, that they will then care for uh, people in their life the same way. So the mother is an example. The mother does all that she can to show love and affection. And finally, kids need apologies. Kids need apologies because moms and dads and um, people make mistakes. People don't always have great attitudes. Sometimes when you tell the kid to keep something clean and mom or dad doesn't do it, it's like, what's the double standard? And so kids need apologies to know that uh, parents aren't perfect, but together we all need to do uh, what we can to care for each other. So one of the great reasons that kids need to learn to pick up stuff is so that the rest of the family can be safe. So uh, we love you, little Billy, and we love buying you Legos. And because you love us so much, you're not going to leave your Legos on the floor in the night so we don't step on them because that makes us scream really loud and really hurts and it's not good. So kids need apologies. Uh, another older man uh, in his sermon had six commandments to mothers, which were really awesome that I'll share. Number one, thou shalt seek God as thy heavenly parent. That is seeking God first. I mean, a mother's relationship with God foremost is everything. And then uh, to do everything they can to help their children to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ is awesome. Number one, thou shalt seek God as thy heavenly parent. Number two, thou shalt give God preference in child training. So putting God first in that, thou shalt be an example of thy teaching. Thou shalt let thy children know thou lovest them. Thou shalt teach thy children to be forgiving. Thou shalt not dominate thy child's married life. So those are all important things that mothers need uh, to do. And if they do, things will go well. So Proverbs 1.8 says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instructions. When you learn from them, what you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. So now transitioning uh, just briefly now to we've talked about honoring parents and, and mothers, uh, the way they treat their kids, to what grandparents, what older mothers can do to make a difference in life. So Paul really invested into the life of Timothy. Timothy was going to carry on Paul's legacy. And so Timothy was a great man of God. And the foundation of his great man, his greatness, was what his grandmother and mother did. Second Timothy 1.5 I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. So young Timothy grew up in a home where his grandmother and mother became believers. Possibly his dad wasn't. But that faith that they instilled in young Timothy made him the kind of quality person that God could use, that the Holy Spirit could use, that Paul was going to use to make a difference in the world, to make a difference for Christianity, to help us to grow stronger in our faith. And when we invest in the lives of kids, we are helping 
to bring tools into God's hands that He can use to do great things to accomplish His purposes in the world. And it was because of the investment of Mother Eunice and Grandmother Lois. As a matter of fact, 2 Timothy 3.14, Paul encourages Timothy later on, says, you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. So that is foundational for the mother and grandmother investing in Timothy's life, and that was, that was huge. So Deuteronomy 6.5 talks about how we should talk about God's principles, uh, Verse 5, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So constantly, as the kid is growing up, talking about the things of God, as you're, go, as you're driving along in the car, as you're walking along, as you're on a bike ride, as you're going to their school project or school play or sports or whatever, you can always be talking about the things of God that should just be part of their life, part of your life. And what an awesome thing, an investment. Number four, helping moms. Helping moms. We should do all that we can to help moms. And here's the, here's the older women uh, investing. Uh, Titus 2.3, similarly, teach the, they were talking about how uh, older men should live uh, in Titus. Uh, Titus 2.3, similarly, teach older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, to be submissive to their husbands, and then they will not bring shame on the Word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. What a great thing for older women to come along the younger women, to, uh, alongside the younger women, and to help them to get those, some of those parenting skills or cooking skills or uh, cleaning skills or job skills or uh, time management to say, okay, this is, this is how you can manage a family and, and carry the workload and find balance, or this is how you can have confidence to say no to certain things that you might be asked to do that get in the way of your priorities, or this is how uh, you can save money shopping, or this is how uh, you and your husband can divide out the chore list or divide out the roles. When it comes to a husband and wife, there's nothing in Scripture that says, you know, that a husband has to just do this cleaning or this house role or whatever, and the wife has to do this. I mean, they can divide it up however they want. I met a couple in town years ago where uh, the husband was in the house taking care of the kids, and the wife was in the garage, and she was changing the oil on the truck, and um, he's like, yeah, she worked in the National Guard motor pool, and she could take that truck apart and put it back together with her blindfolded. So uh, whatever, whatever she wants to do. But you figure out what the role is. You figure out what you can do to be an encouragement. You see a need, and then you jump in to do what you can to help. There are so many people that haven't grown up in a Christian home that haven't been given the gift of a godly mother or a godly grandmother to help them. And they can read books, and they can watch videos and stuff, but it's so much better when someone comes along and helps them and encourages them. So here's just three simple things that you can do to help mothers and to help children. Okay, number one, you can pray. So whenever you see the neighborhood kids or uh, kids around or mothers struggling or whatever, number one, you can pray for them. And what a great thing to keep praying for the kids to come to Christ and for their needs to be met and for them to be kept safe and for them to pursue God. Whatever it is, you can pray. That's an easy thing. It's a spiritual battle too, but prayer is huge. You can care. 
you can do what you can to, to step in and, and help and provide. Maybe you see a little kid down the street that needs a bike, and you're like, I'll buy that kid a bike. Or maybe you send, give the kid some money so he can go to camp. Or uh, you see needs, and you're like, you step up and you care, and you show you care by doing something. So you can pray, you can care, and you can share. You can do all you can to share your faith in Christ, to share uh, age-appropriate Bible stuff, to uh, share with the parents how they can have resources. You can give that right now, media stuff. Uh, to a way to people that you're connected to. So you just go online, they can enter their email address. And if they're if you're connected to River Rock and they're connected to you, I think that means they're connected to River Rock so they can watch Right Now Media, get those resources, that video service we offer. But there are just so many things that could be talked about. Um, next week we'll talk about marriage and then we get up to Father's Day uh, coming up to have a crack at the fathers. But I don't know who was your mother or what your mother was like or the women that influenced you in a mother role. But it is awesome and godly to be honoring them, to tell them that you appreciate them. I mean, yeah, maybe it was a long time ago, or maybe it's recent, but honor them, because that's a huge thing, to hear that you made uh, apparent that, they, that they're appreciated. And then uh, the things that are messed up, the things, the hurt that was caused or whatever, uh, pray about it, maybe get counseling, forgive. But um, we have many mothers, uh, many children, that need to grow up in healthy environments and grow up in Christ and the Lord. And we should pray about those opportunities. We should support children's ministry, the nursery, adventure club, youth ministry. We should invest into the lives of others and we should make disciples of these parents and these young children. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much that You've given us this time. I pray that You'd show us how we can make a difference in the world. Lord, we thank You for the role of mothers in our lives. We thank You that uh, You are an awesome God. We are not perfect, but You are. And you offer hope and forgiveness and salvation by asking. And if there's anybody here that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, that they would come into your presence, that they would realize that they need you, that they would pray, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. If you pray that prayer, if you're interested, uh, you can contact me and I'd love to talk to you about faith in Christ. Or on the back table there, there are some New Believer Bibles that have all the information in the front of how you can come into a relationship with Christ and grow in that. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.